0: Andrea Stroud, Senior Statistician for Research Services at APQC. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to APQC podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, I'm here with Naraj Tandon, Principal at Moksha Data and co-founder of Code Park, to talk about data science and digital skills. Welcome to the podcast, Naraj.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So Naraj, I-, I know that you've helped a lot of folks build data and digital skills from professionals to underserved K through 12 students in a fun and engaging way. Um, I've even had the pleasure of taking some of your R and data visualization workshops. Uh, but first, can you tell me how did you become interested in data science and programming?
1: Sure. Um, so I, I learned some programming in college. I did computer and electrical engineering and they taught us some programming classes, but I mean, it was beyond the, the the coursework, it wasn't clear to me how I was going to use it until later when I was working at a lab, um, a, a medical lab that was trying to do data analysis. And I was new to analysis and, and, you know, beyond basic statistics, but I saw an opportunity where a lot of the stuff that they were doing there could be automated mm-hmm. um, or that there would were opportunities to have tools that would speed up their work. So I kind of jumped right in and started working on writing code that would speed up some of the work that they were doing in the lab and found it really rewarding when, you know, I was able to take some of the things that were taking weeks and have it take a matter of minutes for them. That was a really cool experience and then kind of reinforced itself and made me want to learn more about the statistics and everything that they were doing but it also made me want to continue um, using my coding skills to build tools and things for the lab.
0: That's very cool and so what drives your passion to teach others these skills that you've learned and developed over the years?
1: Um, I love teaching, and I think that if I were to if I were to share a little bit about why and what kind of what the motivations are, I, I think it's, it's really three things for me. Um, The first is when I learn something new, I'm just excited to share. So selfishly, it's kind of like, I want someone to talk about that's going to care about this cool thing that I just learned. Um, And, you know, as I have fun with the new material or new methodologies or anything like that, it's always more fun to share. And so I just enjoy it for my own kind of sake. Uh, Just someone to listen to the cool thing I learned. But um, beyond that, I think there's, a lot of joy that I get from watching what people do when I teach them something. So, you know, I may teach a a class and then people will come back and say, look what I did with that thing I learned in your class. And it's something I would have never thought to do something completely new. And so there's this effect of getting to see uh, what people create with the stuff that they learn. And uh, there's a lot of fun that happens there. And I'm curious to see what people come up with people come into these different classes or switch careers into data from um from a lot of different places a lot of different backgrounds so they're always going to bring something new which is cool and then the third thing is i think that there's um there's a lot of opportunity to grow together once somebody's learned some basic skills then we're learning from each other you know then it's you know it's it's more than me just being the person who knows everything and teaches, it's I'm always learning, they're learning, and we have a community of people that are kind of learning and growing together. And um, by teaching, I can do my part to help grow that community.
0: Oh, that's that's awesome. And you have taught a lot. Can you speak to some of the types of trainings that you have done in that space? Like I mentioned the R and data visualization, but what other types of programming training have you done?
1: Yeah, so I've taught, i um, I've taught Python. I've taught machine learning. I've taught um, basic statistics. I've also taught coding to kids. You mentioned Code Park. That's a nonprofit that works with um, community organizations, libraries, and schools to do after school or summer programming to, to help kids learn to code. And we teach stuff like robotics in those too. And that's a lot of fun to do. Um, We teach web development and um, we also teach Python in those those classes. So kind of a mix of different things. But the goal is not necessarily to teach one particular language or skill. It's kind of to teach the the way of thinking about how do you write uh, code? How do you write a program? How do you think about a problem and break it down into its pieces and then um, come up with solutions you know, using these new skills. So that's the general idea, but I think that sometimes it's about helping people over that little learning curve and then giving them space to explore. Those are kind of the general themes in all of the classes.
0: I really like what you said about teaching people a new way to think because when you're learning data, learning programming, you realize that you can apply it to so many different areas when you have certain foundational. Programming is very foundational. So once you learn how to program in one language, it's easy to carry over to other programming languages. So I really like that you said that.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: and, and we know that a lot of organizations are looking to reskill current staff to fill the need for data science and digital skills. So, you know, what hard and soft skills make someone a good fit for this kind of work?
1: Um, I think that, well, I can start with the hard skills. So I, I, there's kind of a list and I'm always tweaking the list, but um, a few basics that I think absolutely must be uh, included. Our SQL has to be in there. People got to understand SQL, so much data, Exists in databases. You got to be able to get in there and get it for yourself. Um, so understanding uh, how to use SQL is really important. Understanding how to use either R or Python. You know, they're both good. And like you said, Andrew, if you learn one, it's easier to learn the other. But at least knowing one of them um, is really is really helpful. Uh, and then I think third, you definitely want to understand how to create visual. Uh, so, data visualization, both R and Python have data visualization tools in them. But that's, an un- that's another really important hard skill. You, got, you can have data and you can have spreadsheets, but a lot of your role as a data professional is to be able to um, translate that into something that somebody else can understand. And that's kind of a segue into the soft skills, because I think the soft skills are really about communication. You got to be able to ask people questions, you got to be able to take the question they're asking you and frame it, reframe it. Maybe you say, is that really what you're asking? Or are you asking this other thing? Or you're asking this, but we only have the data to answer this related question. Is that gonna work for you? And helping people really take ownership of the results of what you did is all about communication. So I think that for the soft skills, that's really important. And when I help people hire, that's another thing that I do sometimes is I'll kind of advise when people are trying to build a data team Communication's
0: number one. With anything, really. You really need that communication.
1: Yeah, that's kind of an easy easy thing, but I, I think it's easy to forget for data because I think a lot of people think of data professionals as strictly technical, almost like you drop data on them and they turn it into gold. Like, that's not how it is. It's an ongoing dialogue. It's really important to be involved. I think for companies that are planning to hire data people or planning to upskill data people, they need to know that they, that it's a, it's a all hands effort, something that needs to be a process everybody's doing together.
0: And you kind of, you kind of touched on the assumptions that people kind of have about data and technical people. Are there any other assumptions that people have about, you know, who can do this type of work that you'd like to correct?
1: Yeah, I think that, the assumptions of, uh, of, of people who are trying to work with data kind of break down into two sides. So, one, one side is that data is magic. People think data is like magic. So, they expect unreasonable things. You know, they're like, here's this messy data that I didn't really think about how I was going to collect it at all, but it's just an artifact of something else that it's doing. Um, can you create this amazing result and this recommendation from it? And it's just not gonna it's just not realistic, but people need to be able to demystify data and for for themselves before they uh, they start asking their data team to do all kinds of things that are unreasonable it can create undue pressure on the data team um, to kind of work magic. And then the other perception is that people need to have, degrees or they need to have 10 years of experience working with data or something like that. It's this kind of old mindset of, oh, I need credentials. And I think that the credentials can hurt you in two ways. I think, for one, there can be people that are really, really good at Excel who are actually really good data people. Um, and you're going to miss out on, on the ability to get the way them and the way they think if you're just looking for certain other criteria in terms of programming experience or even you know coursework and and degrees Uh, on the other hand there are people who could come out with coursework and degrees and uh, certifications who don't have the communication skills or don't have the interest in understanding the business side of things to really be effective on a data team and so Fixating on that and and kind of working from that assumption can be harmful. It's an easy shortcut and people really need a way to evaluate um, data professionals. But I think that that shortcut kind of has a lot of problems.
0: And Kind of leading into that, like what external resources and trainings would you recommend, especially for companies on a budget for getting people trained up in data science and, and, and data skills?
1: I mean, we're in a great time because there's so many resources now than, you know, say five years ago even. And there's a lot of online uh, resources. There are courses that are really good. Um, There are tutorials and kinds of things and YouTube videos, great channels. I'm happy to share. I could share a list, a short list of of some of the ones that I recommend to people with you guys. Um, And I could send that to you. I don't know if you can attach it to the the podcast or something, but. Yeah, we can can definitely add it. Um, And that I think would be, would be good. Um, And then I think that beyond that, beyond the coursework, I thought about this question and I think there's more than just training. It needs to be more than training. I think that if you're a leader in an organization and you wanna get, uh, you wanna have more data professionals, whether it's upskilling, reskilling or, or hiring, you need to make sure that you're creating community for those people. Just like I talked about when I teach and I want that community and I wanna be able to share what I'm learning. There needs to be that opportunity for people as they're learning new skills to share with each other, to learn from each other, you need to create space for that. And you also need to think about projects and um, work that would allow people to apply those skills, right? You can't just have them over on the side working on something else. or learning something else and then coming back and working on the same old, same old. You really need to think about the transition plan of how you're getting uh, opportunities for folks to apply the skills that they're learning. And so I think it's not enough for leaders in an organization to just say, I'm gonna pay for training. Um, here's a list of recommended training, go sign yourself up. It needs to be more thought through than that. Um, and I think that creating uh space for people to learn and share and apply their skills is really important.
0: So a piece of that sounds like really kind of some on the job learning opportunities. Have you seen companies doing things like stretch projects or job shadowing and mentoring programs in turn, like inside of the organization for that or?
1: Yeah, I've seen that. And I think that all of these things are good ideas but have challenges. I think that, you know, one thing you have to do is you have to be willing to make a big bet on data. It's not a small thing. It's not to say, oh, you know what? Everything we do, we're gonna do it the same way we do it. We're just gonna add data. It doesn't work that way. You need to be willing to allow people the space to to really kind of change the way that they're working to be more data-driven. And that means I think the shadowing is definitely a a good idea, but also I think it means scaling back on some of the things that you're having people do. For example, some of the best people to start uh, growing into, you know, or upskilling of data professionals are the people who you have doing a lot of reporting already. So they create lots of reports in an organization. They are very close, hands-on with the data. But if you want them to upskill, you need to kind of back off on some of the pressure that you're putting on them to create the same report all day, day in, day out. You need to give them a little bit of space. And so I think that's an interesting opportunity. And easier said than done, because people come to depend on these reports. But giving them a little bit of room to try to do something different is really helpful. Um, and I think that, yes, on the job is the way to go. I mean, if if you expect somebody to go learn a completely new set of skills outside of work and then come in and install it themselves in the work that they're doing and create value, that's really unreasonable.
0: And, you know, what advice would you give to data and digital professionals who want or, or need to mentor others in these skills? Um, how can they be good teachers and avoid getting burned out? Cause like while you're trying to train people and you're doing your job and do you have any recommendations for that?
1: I do. I think, you know, the, the old saying of teach a man to fish, right. It's, you know, these people who are, who have some skills and want to share, should share how they learned those skills kind of coming back to what i was saying about teaching a new way to think it's this idea of how do you find answers on your own how did you learn right sharing some of that is really important so that you you know people once they get a little bit of foundation and a little bit of support are able to go out and get good Uh, information themselves and then come back and of course they're still going to get the mentorship on how to apply it or what are other things that could be priorities to learn but they're not completely dependent on on, um, you as a mentor for all of their learning and creating that kind of sense of independence early is really important and a couple ways to do that um, are first teach people how to ask good questions Um, I can share uh, another link with you guys which is Stack Overflow has this section on how to ask a good question. Stack Overflow is a website where people can ask technical questions and get help from the community. I think they have a really good set of documentation on what makes a good question. Um, And so learning how to ask good questions is really important. And then second, learning how to kind of get unstuck. So teaching people early about these two different skills will go a long way. So, that the little bit of energy you're able to give them is able to kind of translate into much more learning.
0: No, that's such valuable information. It's always a pleasure talking to you, Niraj. Um, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Um, so, if folks want to learn more about Niraj's work, they can visit moksha-data.com. Anything else you'd like to point out uh, to the folks, Niraj?
1: Yeah, I'd just like to say good luck to everyone who's trying to grow data teams. You're not alone. There's a lot of people who are trying to work on implementing more of this stuff. And um, I'm always happy to talk through ideas. I love learning about how different organizations are trying to grow their data teams.
0: Well, once again, I'm Andrea Stroud. Thanks for listening to this APQC podcast. To learn more about our research, please visit apqc.org. And we hope you'll have a great rest of your day.